What's happening, everybody? Once again, we're close enough to 6 o'clock. I don't know whether I'm on CP time or just early. It doesn't matter because it's going to be about the best 20 minutes that you could tune into on a Sunday evening as I record my podcast. So check this out. What's happening, everybody? Once again, it's your boy Onyx here at Going Full Nerd recording the podcast that you can find every week. Done at this time, 6 p.m. on Sundays. This is your opportunity and chance to kind of join in, give your comments. And if, you know, we keep them kind of straight, we can go ahead and include you. So you got to make sure that you go to YouTube.com slash GoingFullNerd and click like, share, and subscribe you hit the little bell and you get notified every time i either post a video or go live like i do every sunday at 6 p.m in addition you may get that random shout out if you join into the chat like i'm doing for my boy right now what's happening low cuts glad to see you join in but you can also get that random shout out that you can listen to over and over again on Broadcast internet broadcast stations like iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Pandora, and Spotify, and most importantly, Anchor.fm slash Going Full Nerd. Yo, so let, let's get that going. Let's get that going. And the last of the shameless plugs, which I do every Sunday in the beginning of the show, is you can follow me on Twitter. That's right. You can see it right on the bottom at Onyx1969, only because somebody got Going Full Nerd and won't let it go. So if you go to Going Full Nerd on Twitter, you know, you, you search at Going Full Nerd, send them a note and say, give it up, man. You ain't you ain't doing nothing with it. Let the true owner of Going Full Nerd get it. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not saying harass nobody, but try to convince him to give up the at Going Full Nerd. And, and, and we, it makes it easier on all of us. Lastly, but not least, for the latest in comic book news, you can check me out on GoingFullNerd.com. You'll get stuff from Marvel, DC, Action Lab, Valiant, um, IDW, any comic book or brand new stuff that they're doing. I kind of announce it. They let me know, so I let you know. All right, that's enough of the shameless plugs. What's up, everybody? I hope y'all had a great weekend as we come to the end of the weekend. Get ready for another work week get ready to talk about the top box office for the week. I always like to talk about 
music. I like the, I mean, excuse me, the movies. I play my little intro music. As you heard, I kind of did a throwback. I played Fingers. That's Otis McDonald, Fingers. That's like that royalty-free music. But I've always liked that one. I don't know why it, it, it fits, you know. And especially since the subject of today's live stream, today's podcast recording is Birds of Prey. So, you know, for me to say, hey, girls, you look mighty fine, that's good for me to kind of throw out there. But let's talk about the top five domestic box office, at least while the computer's acting right. So coming in at number one is no doubt it was going to be Birds of Prey this weekend. They came in at number one, brand new to the weekend box office, and they pulled $33.2 million, 33 and a quarter million dollars to be exact. That's you know, number one in the box office. That's not a very big number. That's not a big number. We're going to talk a little bit about that in just a few moments. Coming in at number two is last week's number one. And number one for the past few weeks is uh, Bad Boys for Life. The Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, buddy cop flick that we waited X amount of years for for a long time. And uh, hey, we got it. It pulled in $12 million. Uh, it's been in the box office for about four weeks now. So, hey, good, 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 bravo. Coming in at number three is last week's number two. That's the World One World War One flick, 1917. Pulled in $9 million even. Uh, seven weeks in the box office. So, it's still hanging in there. Coming in at number four is last week's number three. Robert Downey Jr. in Doolittle. So, if you miss Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Go ahead and watch Doolittle. I have no interest. It got a couple of jacked up reviews. It is what it is. I'll wait for on demand or DVD. Notice I didn't say Blu-ray. I said DVD. That should tell you. Anyway, and coming in at number five is last week's number five. Holding, holding still, holding there is um, The Rock and Kevin Hart buddy flick or whatever you want to call it. The sequel to their reboot of Jumanji. Jumanji The Next Level pulling in $5.5 million. Nine weeks in the box office. That's, that's, that's hanging in there. That's doing their thing. You go it. You go ahead, boys. You go, Rock. You go, Kevin Hart. Got to pay for that backyotomy that Kevin Hart had. But, you know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So let's talk, folks. Let's talk. And what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about this movie that is a mouthful. Let's go ahead and throw the cover up for the video, folks. But we are talking about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yo, that is a long-ass title. That is like more than a mouthful. So, it is what it is. We're going to call it Birds of of prey <laughs> okay and that's what we're going to go ahead and do now here goes the thing i usually try to come up with something witty to call my podcast recordings i think i did um i tried to get some witty I, I i really couldn't do it for this one i was struggling trying to figure out a, a witty title that kind of made me feel how I felt in this movie. So I've kind of put it, hey, it's Harley Quinn and the Pips. <laughs> Yo, because that's how it felt to me, okay? This is the thing. I've been watching the internet before I saw the movie, after I saw the movie, and 
the internet is going in two directions with this movie, okay? And the DC Extended Universe, DC Movie Universe, or whatever the hell they're calling it nowadays, you know, it's confusing, especially after we've been treated to how Disney and Marvel have done their cinematic, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, But we got to start looking at these films individually, one at a time, and be thankful that we're getting all this superhero stuff. Now, here goes the thing. Outside of the ridiculously long title, okay, I, I'm going to bring up some stuff that's making some of these fanboys cry, okay? I'm going to bring up some of this stuff. I'm a fanboy, okay? But I'm not a toxic fanboy. Let's let's put it that way. I love comic books. I love superheroes. I love just any way they put it. And yet, even though I kind of understand and I know what I like, I know what I want, I, I, I understand a lot of this is not going to be just like the comics. That's the one thing that I like to hold on to. But I'm going to Talk about what's making them cry. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Sorry. You're not getting what you want. But we're going to talk about what's going down. Okay? And we're going to... Yeah, just like Suicide Squad 1 was Will Smith and the gang. <laughs> like cooling the gang, right? You know? But anyway, we're going to go ahead. And I'm going to give you the good and bad points and let you know whether or not you should spend money to see, as they like to call them, these little birdies birds or pray get it birdies and if you ever see and if you actually have seen the movie or you see the movie you'll know what i mean when i go birdies okay if you go ahead and see it okay first thing i'm gonna touch base on is i i really didn't see the need for this movie to have an r rating okay yes there was language yes there was graphic violence i mean dudes was getting legs broke getting shot, all that stuff. And they showed it. Don't get it twisted. They didn't shy away from it, okay? But did it really need it? No, it really didn't need it. It didn't need it. They could have, you know, did PG-13 style violence and it would not have taken away from the story. It wouldn't have taken away from the story. What's up to my man Rad that popped in? Yo, holla, what's up, my man? So check this out, right? So, if they toned down the graphic violence, kind of didn't do the language, this movie still would be where it was without the R rating. I mean, I didn't see where the leg breaking, the cussing really took away from the story. Okay, it didn't add to it either. That was kind of why I was like, did we need it? No. Did we get it? Yeah. Did it hurt it? No, not really. But you can tell it, was, it wasn't it was forced, but it just didn't feel flowy. Okay? I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there. The language, the stuff that made it an R didn't flow with it. Some of it did. Some of it was like, okay. Yeah. We, oh, that's, yeah. Ooh, man. John Travolta face-off moments, you know, things like that. But they wanted that R rating. Yes, my man Red just put it inside the live chat. Yes, they wanted an R rating. I don't know who deemed that these movies should have an R rating, and it's not necessary. I can understand a Deadpool 
The way they did Deadpool and the R rating, mwah, magnificent. I can see a Punisher movie having an R rating. Seen it? Mwah, magnificent. You, magnificent. You can't get away with Birds of Prey not having an R rating. You could get away with it. But, hey, it is what it is. They thought that was going to sell tickets. It is what it is. They're going to do what they're going to do. What they did not do, okay, what they did not do is what I'm going to talk about next. Now, the Internet is a cruel place, okay? People were ripping this film before it even came out. I'm not even going to talk Rotten Tomatoes. It got positive and all that. It's cool. I mean, those are critics. I'm not a critic. I'm just a dude that watches movies that like to talk about the movies I watch. That's all it is. Okay. I give you my opinion, my opinion, and a cup of, and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven with a 7-Eleven app. I, I, straight up. Okay. But I'm just going to give you, because I'm a, I'm a comic dude, and I like stuff like this. I'm happy to see it, so I'm going to talk about it just a little bit. Now, here's the thing. I really think that so many people have problems with female superheroes, period. I, I, I go on Twitter. Twitter is like the shit show of the internet, okay? You're going to get so many arguments and everything, so it makes me wonder why so many people be on Twitter. But I'm on Twitter because I like to start shit. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Pardon my language. I'm going to put an R rating on this. It is what it is. So, here's the deal. The majority of the arguments end up being a bunch of fat dudes sitting in gamer chairs with headphones, superhero gear and stuff all around them and complaining. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's almost like me. But here's the difference. A lot of them was complaining. Big one is, you know, oh... Why do we have a bunch of female superheroes and they're not wearing skin tight outfits and doing this? Oh, come on, man. If, if I wanted to get my thrills, if I really wanted to get my thrills, I would not be going to a movie theater watching a superhero flick. Straight up. I mean, I could understand everybody's like, oh, they toned it down. They didn't make it so pretty. Well, this, this is what it is. This movie was not about her being this super sexy supervillain taking over the world. No, this was a story about a sidekick that broke up with her boyfriend and was miserable. Let's, let's, that's the basic premise, and she came into her own. Hence the second part of the long-ass title, The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Now, you know, whoever thought of that, y'all do y'all thing, Warner Brothers, it is what it is. So now, let me continue on. Let me let let's let let's 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 rock this out. So here's the key. Here's the key. I have to say, if that's what you want in a female soup driven superhero film, I hate to tell you, bro, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen too much. It's not gonna happen often. Okay? People were mad at Captain Marvel for the same thing. She wasn't running around in some half slinky showing a lot of skin superhero suit. Cats was was killing it. Then people complained about Black Widow. She had the skin tight leather suit, but they wasn't. Come on now. It is what it is. Nobody complained about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman always got the legs showing. You know, I, I mean it is what it is. I I'm just calling it like I see it. The internet is a cruel place. They're going to do what they do. So what I am going to do, though, 
is I'm going to talk about what I liked about the film in the terms of the characters, and I'm going to talk about what I disliked about the film in terms of the characters, and I'm going to give you my humble, humble opinion on whether or not you should spend your hard-earned ducats. I like saying that's old school, ain't it? Ducats. Am I showing my age by saying ducats? I, I think I'm showing my age by saying ducats. Hold on. I... I, I, I got to cover this up because, you know, they're not paying me to drink this on 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 my video or to pay me to drink this and mention their name. But I'm going to take a sip. And if they want to sponsor me, they know what their bottle looks like. They could go ahead on a video and just kind of sponsor me. Mm. Okay. And for you people just listening to the podcast, it is what it is. I sipped an alcoholic beverage. So continuing. What did I like about the film? And you're going to understand why I give it the rating I did once I talk about all this, okay? Things I liked about the film. I liked Harley Quinn, okay? I really liked Harley Quinn, main character. You know, this is great. They're making her a character in her own right. You know, she went from being a throwaway sidekick character in an animated cartoon, took off. Now, here's where we're at. Although... I gotta make. I gotta say, they gotta ensure that character has a motivation. Okay, this movie, her motivation was breaking up with the Joker. That, that's 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 evident from the trailer. People know that, so I just gotta put that there. That's what I'm gonna say. That's it. I'm not trying not to spoil it as much. I understand the need for her to be slightly chaotic. Okay, but she is a PhD <laughs> by character, and you know. Let, let's see some of that come out, okay? There were some great moments in the film with her, some not so great, but as a whole, I think her character was done extremely well. For the people that's upset because she didn't have on the super sexy Suicide Squad gear or maybe the skin-tight old-school Harley gear, it is what it is, folks. It is what it is. It's a movie. They're going to do what they're going to do in the movies. You could be happy, sad, and different. Get over it. Get over it. But Margot Robbie, I think she played the character extremely well. Pretty good. I'm a, I'm, I am going to say I enjoy the animated Harley on that new DC Universe cartoon that comes out. I like that one with Kelly Cuco, you know, voicing Harley Quinn. I like that one a heck of a lot. But this was okay. Harley Quinn was good to go. All right? Other thing that I liked. If you look on this movie poster that I kind of posted right next to me, you see... Good old Black Canary. I'm going to tell you, she is the best character out of the Birds of Prey. Her and Harley, you know, not saying about their interaction. I'm just talking about the character portrayal. I, I really don't think they showcased her enough. But what they did made me say, you know what? This character is deserving of maybe a small show or appearing in another DC movie. Okay. With a little more meat to it. I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there. Here's the thing. Journey Smoulier Bell. <laughs> I just wanted to say Smoulier. I just wanted to say it like that. So beat this out, right? So Journey Smollett Smoulier Bell or whatever you want to call her. Like I say, she could have been in a movie by herself in my humble opinion. Her character was good. She acted well, wasn't over the top, 
wasn't super corny. It's good. As long as she ain't playing a number like her brother and trying to get beat up in the streets of Chicago and make it up and hire two dudes off the internet from Fiverr to whip his ass. As long as she ain't doing that, she good. Okay? So, bottom line, that was another good part. Now, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Let me take another sip of this beverage. Mm-hmm. Got to wet my whistle some. So let's talk a little bit. Things that were in the middle to me. The characters of Cassandra Kane and Renee Montoya. Who, both of these characters, though played well, okay, for what they were written for, didn't make me care one way or the other about either character. I mean, I love my Rosie Perez. Yo, yo, Mookie! <laughs> you know, I really love my Rosie Perez, you know, but. Between her and the young girl that played Cassie Kane, they were pretty much disposable in my opinion. I mean, the Cassandra Kane, Cassie Kane character, she was not like the comic book. She was not the mute assassin trained, you know, all that stuff. So really, they didn't even have to give her the Cassie or uh, the Cassandra Kane name. They just did that. To kind of draw more comic book fans in. It is what it is. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. But it you know, they could have named that character, you know, they could have named her, you know, whatever. They could have named her Bonquisha for all I care. It would have been the same effect, all right? And Renee Montoya's character, I'm going to be honest, I, she, she, she was on the in the middle, but closer to the dislike just because of her attitude and how things were. I mean... Maybe because I was expecting a more hardened detective. They kind of made light, made fun of her being the type of detective that, you know, spewed like off of 80 shows. Like she was on Hill Street Blues and stuff like that. You know, like, come in, get in. I don't need the badge. You know, stuff like that. But it is what it is. So, you know, it was in the middle. I mean, I neither hated nor loved either of those two characters. Now, let's talk about what I did not like. Okay, first of all, the villains, Black Mask and Victor's Ass. Okay, these two villains in this was comical, comical the way these two were. And their portrayals were over the top. I mean, I was lost by their motivation. I mean, their motivation was to take over all the crime lords. Yes, I got that part. Their motivation was to get this money, you know, or find this diamond. Okay, I get that. I get that. But other than that, we did the Black Mask is a character that got so much depth, so much that, you know, maybe a single two hour or hour and 49 minutes, I think it was hour and 59, hour and 49 minute film wasn't going to handle that. And they basically, you know, they, 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 they really didn't dig into that character as much. And the same thing with Victor Zaz. I mean, I'm used to Victor Zaz being completely sadistic. I mean, well, he was in this, but he was very manipulating. And he was, it, to me, it seemed like he was running the show and Black Mask was his pawn in a lot of things. So that kind of made me confused, made it comical. You know, these they, they felt crazy for no reason in the film. You know, I mean, I would have done better with Dr. Evil asking for one million dollars, you know, the way I was feeling after watching them, too. It is what it is. Next, the other thing 
that I did not like was the Huntress. The Huntress, I expected so much out of the Huntress character. It's ridiculous. I was getting actually a Netflix Iron Fist, maybe season one, first two episode vibe. Because for someone to be so skilled with a crossbow, so skilled at riding a motorcycle, doing hits, things like that. She seems so oblivious on how the real world operates. And really, she kind of felt, you know, like dumb muscle. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's what the character felt like to me. I understand this was supposed to be an introduction to the character. The first time she was really getting down doing stuff. But I've always felt the Huntress was a character much like Batman, who was determined, grim, highly trained. Maybe she would have been a little dry. Maybe she would have been a little straightforward. But I'm real. I really was not feeling how they really played as the do this, do this, do. You know, it could have been better. It really, really, really could have been better with what they did with the Huntress. Now, here's the thing. A couple of things I'm going to bring out to you. Um, there is. Not so much an after credit scene, but there's a stinger at the very end of the movie. Doesn't really do much for me. I basically, I got caught out there. They made me stay for that BS. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You're going to watch the whole thing all the way through the credits so you can see what they did at the end. And, you know, thank, thank me later when you hear it. Okay. Second of all, the movie itself overall was watchable. It made a great date night. It was cool. I enjoyed it. I did not fall asleep in it. I was caught up in the action a lot. The storyline was chill, but it wasn't something that had me on the edge of my seat. I will tell you, skip any type of special viewings. I don't even know if they're doing 3D films anymore. If they are, definitely skip this. If they show it in IMAX, skip that for the ticket up sale. What I will tell you is go watch this matinee regular showing. Okay, what does your boy Onyx give Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Harley Quinn and the Pips? I'm actually going to give it a little bit better than average, but not good. Okay, so it gets a 3.75 out of the five point scale on going full nerd. Okay, it's good, not great. Would have done better if it was just titled The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Straight up. Okay, if you really want a good, good five all day Harley Quinn story, other than going back to the OG Batman animated series stuff, I will tell you. Get DC Universe Online. Watch the Harley Quinn animated series. I think it's 12 episodes in right now. That is straight fire. That is kind of super where you want it to be. And Birds of Prey is just below that. They're trying to tackle the same stuff. But the cartoon does it better. This does it okay. It's good. I like the fact that they touched on her Suicide Squad appearance. They had a few Easter eggs referencing Suicide Squad. And they did not ignore the continuity from the Suicide Squad film that was prior. So, that's pretty much it. That's your boy's get down with the Birds of Prey. And I'm going to say for the last time, the fantabulous emancipation of one 
Harley Quinn. Will they get a sequel to this? Maybe, maybe not. Suicide Squad 2 is filming. Margot Robbie is in Suicide Squad 2. I think that might be a little bit, you know, more oomph to it. I think that might be a better film to watch. I think it will do better in the box office. Being that this pulled $33 million this week, it's going to suffer a massive drop next week. Quote me on that. Let's talk about it. When I talk about the top five next week, I see this dropping down to at least number two. Take that to the bank. Whew. Well, that's it, people. Your boy's done. That's it. I've been lapping my lips for about 28 minutes now. But anyway, I thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Please remember, on your way out the door, click like on this video, share it with your friends, check out the podcast. Remember, Harley Quinn or Birds of Prey. Like I say, 3.75 out of 5. This is your boy Onyx. Remember, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Just send me a note on Twitter. I'll say it for you. Y'all being real good. Nobody in the history of me recording this podcast has asked me to say something sideways about anybody through Twitter. So y'all are being real good. And I appreciate that. So I'm going to start that funky outro music. Peace, y'all. And I'm out of here.